Hey guys, it's me, Deej, from the Nerd Nerdpocalypse Podcast, and I'm just here to hit you with some information before the feature presentation. So here it goes. You can find news, updates, and previous episodes at nerdtocalypsepodcast.com. We'd also like to invite you to check us out on social media, facebook.com slash nerdtocalypse, or connect with us on Twitter using hashtag nerdtocalypse or at nerdtocalypse. If you'd like to contribute further, we encourage you to indulge in one of our many perks and become a patron at patreon.com slash nerdtocalypse. Nerdtocalypse Podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network. Now go, enjoy the new episode. I hear it's a good one. Welcome, Welcome to the, to the nerd, nerd, lab. nerd Lab. Get those nerds! 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 Let the nerds take, take over. over! Nerd Alert! What are you, some kind of nerd? Not some kind of nerd. I am the king of nerds. Nerd! Nerd stuff probably really excites you because you're a nerd. is the Nerd Talkalypse Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything nerd. We provide the latest and greatest from trending pop culture and fandoms alike. So take a break from killing zombies with your lightsaber, hang up your cape and cowl, and hop onto the Hogwarts Express and ride your way over to Geek Down to fight our gym leaders and hosts of the show, Lane Stipe and Deej Penhollow. Hello, nerd enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Nerd Talkalypse Podcast. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC Comics, TV and film, Star Wars, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and beyond, Pokemon, the Walking Dead universe, Dragon Ball Z, GT Super, and the films alike and most things in between. That's right, guys, and here on our show, we express pride in pop culture nerdism and work hard to bring you trending content from all the fandoms you love. Please reach out to us via email, nerdtocalypse at gmail.com, Twitter at nerdtocalypse, or simply write up a review on iTunes or facebook.com slash nerdtocalypse. We'd love some listener feedback. Hello, Nerd Enthusiasts, and thank you for joining us this week for uh, episode 49 of Nerd Talkalypse. Yes, this is our Logan slash Walking Dead special. Now, it's special because of Logan, not special because of Walking Dead. We just have two episodes to talk about about Walking Dead tonight, so maybe I guess it is a little bit special. Yeah, why the hell not? But uh, we are going to start off with Nerd News. It's time for the latest in nerd news with Nerd Talkalypse. Yeah, let's and, do it. Uh, speaking of The Walking Dead, the first thing in news is The Walking Dead news. 
The new Fear of the Walking Dead Season 3 synopsis has been released, and it reads... Now, keep in mind, this is Fear of the Walking Dead Season 3 synopsis. So this is going to tell us what, what it's going to be a little bit about, whatever. As Fear of the Walking Dead for Season 3, our families will be brought together in the vibrant and violent ecotone of the U.S.-Mexico border. International lines done away with following the world's end, obviously. Our characters must attempt to rebuild not only society, but family as well. They got, they were getting like all arrested and shit. Yeah. Kind of. And then uh, we didn't see what happened to the sexy one. What's her name? Uh, The daughter of the old man. Yeah. No. The daughter of Kim? No, the daughter daughter of the older Mexican guy that died. Oh, I don't even fucking know. Not Ophelia. Yeah, Ophelia. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess we didn't see what happened to her, did we? She saw she was she was getting shot at by some guy, and then uh, that's the last we saw. True. <laughs> All right, now Madison, played by Kim Dickens, has reconnected with Travis Cliff Curtis, which we saw at the end of last season, her apocalyptic partner. But Alicia has been fractured by her murder of Andres, so she's going to be a little darker, maybe. You know, she killed a person. Yeah. Madison's son, mere miles from his mother, Nick uh, Frank Delane, first action as a leader, saw Luciana Dene Garcia ambushed by an American militia group. Luciana. Luciana. That's that girl of his, right? Yeah. That's who I thought you were the talking about. The couple escaped death, but Nick no longer feels immortal. Recovering both emotionally and physically, Strand Coleman Domingo has his sights I love that name, dude. Coleman Domingo (laughs) has his sights set on harnessing the new world's currency. And Ophelia, Mercedes Mason, captivity will test her ability to survive and see if she can muster the savagery of her father. Two question marks heading into the finale are answered by the photos and synopsis. First, we know Victor Strand will return to the series after hanging back at the hotel when the group departed. Second, Luciana will survive her gunshot at least for some time. So... That's pretty interesting. That season ended pretty crazy. I'm actually kind of excited for the next season. Yeah. It's not going to be on the ocean. Have no idea when that shit starts. Yeah, well, sometime soon. after Walking Dead's over. So. Yeah, soon, sometime. But All right, and we're getting in the straight into DC news, which we yeah. have a fuckload of. We're going to read some of it, most of it. Yeah, so uh, Zack Snyder reveals the first look at a possible Aquaman villain. Aquaman's half-brother Orm, the Ocean Master... Uh, Orm has already been revealed to be one of the villains for the Aquaman solo film in 2018, along with Black We Manta. read this last week. No, we didn't read it on the show. We read it as we were doing Remember, we didn't do a show last week. Mm. You we, were watching me do do nerd news at my house. Is that what? Okay, yes. this, sound, this sounded very familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I added something to this at the end, though. But along with Black Manta, mm-hmm. veteran actor Patrick Wilson has <coughs> signed on to play the role. It is also rumored to be Atlan, the Dead King. The previous king of Atlantis, so hmm. may or may not be Ocean Master. Atlan, he's the one, he's the reason Atlantis was called Atlantis, I imagine. Yeah. I don't know much about him, we shall look him up. All right. Um, Joe Manganiello gives an exciting update on production of The Batman, who Joe Manganiello is, who's going to be playing Deathstroke. Yes. While speaking with com <laughs> about his workout for the film, Manganiello gave fans a little update about when the movie will actually begin shooting. With worries about the Batman start date, Manganiello assured fans they have nothing to fear. This was the actor's response to being asked when the film would move into production. Last year, I said May, and that was my... And this is a quote from him, apparently. A big-ass quote from him. 
quote, last year I said May and that was my understanding. It depends. They have big plans for this movie. Whether or not we start exactly on that date or in June, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. The creative process needs to be respected and no one involved in this film wants to make anything less than an unbelievable film, a legendary film. The movie will start shooting whenever those pieces are in place and we know this is going to be something that we're proud of, which is great to hear. Absolutely. They're not going to rush. That's what seemed, that was so so off about Suicide Squad. It just felt so rushed. Well, they fucking wrote that movie in six weeks. Yeah, that's, a, that's why taking time is not a problem. What we're not going to do is be based in backed into a start date, scrambling to get something off the ground just to get it off the ground, which is pretty much, yeah, it's exactly what you don't want to do. Everyone involved wants to make this the best film possible, so that's really what it's about. It's funny how the media likes to run with, oh, there's trouble, oh, the script needs to be revised, there's drama queens. No, he said, <laughs> that's not, they're drama queens. There's a creative process, and everyone on the cast and crew wants to make this the best movie possible. So that's what we're going to do. When we start shooting it, we'll start shooting it. No, yeah. When we when we start shooting it, we'll start shooting it. It will be soon. I can say that. Here's the thing: no one wants to create that superhero movie that's polarizing to fans and critics. Rest assured, we're gonna do this thing right. So there's no indication as to what soon means, <coughs> but it's definitely a positive answer. It is certainly better than no answer at all. It is also refreshing to know that the entire creative team is dedicated to making this movie the right way. They understand that some films have d- divided critics and fans, but they want to rise above that and create something better. So, hell yeah. Yep. <coughs> so this next one I definitely want to read. Go ahead. ahead. All right. So, w- will Darkseid make an appearance in the Justice League movie? I fucking hope so. Well, according to this article... Uh, Justice League was announced not to include Darkseid, but his nephew Steppenwolf to be portrayed by uh, Ciaran Hines. I mean, well, even, even before you with my what I want, even if we see Darkseid like we've seen Thanos. Right. Just at least at the end. I want to see Darkseid. I got to. Right. Uh, so while that might not be or that might just be the tip of the iceberg, because new rumors are suggesting that the Justice League film might actually showcase Darkseid after all. At least, according to the raps, Umberto Gonzalez in a recent live video. It's pronounced Umberto Gonzalez. <laughs> well, whatever. Uh, Gonzalez. Gonzalez <laughs> took to Periscope to talk about the various hints about the superhero films, um, and eventually began talking about Justice League after fans asked about Dark Dark Side. Oh, I thought it's a Dark Side Gonzalez. It kind of does. Uh, dark Side's last. Dark Side. He's a Mexican. So, Gonzalez said that his sources indicated that Darkseid Dark, Dark will have a presence in Justice League, but that the character doesn't really speak in the movie. Okay. Quote, unquote. He said, you see him and you feel his presence, but you do not hear him talk. It's almost like when we saw Thanos for the first time. Pretty much. So, Gonzalez prefaced this by saying his uh, reporting on er, is on the page and his live video chats are for speculation and inside baseball. There's still a lot of time between now and the premiere of Justice League, so a lot can definitely change regarding Darkseid's appearance in the movie. Oh, yeah, I mean... Right. Whether the character is fully CGI or motion-captured in an, in an intro scene or post credit stinger, all of that could be in the air until the film actually hits theaters, but it sounds like DC and Warner Brothers might be taking the character in a new route uh, like Marvel did for Thanos. Yeah, I guess I... <laughs> right on key. All right, yeah, we should probably read this one, too. This is going to be good. 
been seeing a lot of shit about Wonder Woman about like they're not taking her in the original the regular superhero route and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, this was actually a question you had way back when we first heard about Wonder Woman. Oh, that's what this is. This will answer that. I don't know. I didn't read this. This is all okay. News to oh me. yeah. Oh yeah. Why the Wonder Movie Wonder Woman movie is set during World War One? See, I always thought that was weird because I'm not gonna say I'm not a. I, one thing you always got was got. We say this before, but we got to keep in mind. Deej and I have not been reading comics since we were kids. Right. We love the we love the nerddom. We love it all, and we are going based off only stuff that we know. You now, know. Some, somebody once told me something interesting about our podcast, and that was that you guys are more along the lines of uh, the nerd's journey into nerddom, and that is one hundred percent true. Yeah, because I mean, we've I've always liked this stuff. I have. I've always watched the cartoons. I've always did this and that. But I never. You know, like like I said, I didn't grow up reading the comic books like Kevin Smith and right. And know, it's never been more clear to me and Lane until last week, uh, when a, a friend of ours asked us a question that kind of sort of stumped us, and we looked it up and stumped we learned you. so much. Well, you yeah, asked, stumped you, stumped me mostly, but you, <laughs> even even you learned. Hey, stuff I gave from two valid answers, but even you learned did, yes. a ton of stuff. Oh yeah, so. that's true. Yeah, uh, I don't know everything. We'll we'll talk about that another time, but but yeah. Okay, one of the most curious things about Wonder Woman has been its chosen setting. Taking us back to the early 20th century, Europe wasn't a move that the filmmakers had to make, given how BVS introduces the character. But for the producer Chuck Roven and the director Patty Jenkins, it was a setting that held too much potential to ignore. <coughs> that era is really cold. <laughs> um, for both Roven and Jenkins, World War One was pivotal in the all the right ways for their film, as Roven puts it. As Roven puts it, quotes, before I read this quote, like, but, yeah, the, what DJ meant by that, my question was, was, like, as far as I know, Wonder Woman wasn't introduced to the Justice League or didn't ever leave Venascura or Themyscira, Themyscira until, yeah. until way after this. I don't, I've never read anything or watched any show, anime, cartoon, anything about Wonder Woman that has, that has put her in World War One. That doesn't mean it doesn't, didn't happen. There's probably some fucking off-the-wall comic book series that happened you know what i mean right because that seems to be what the movies are doing a lot is they're taking they're taking storylines from not as well-known comic books or you know and using that right or which is cool yeah and this very well may be something they just created for it yeah whatever um uh there's a quote by roman man does have an man does have an ability to do horrible things to themselves what was unique about world war one it was the first time that war was fought from a distance Meaning, like in Civil War, you know, it was, you know, there was guns and stuff, but there was way more fucking up and close stabbing and yeah, absolutely, you know, and shit like that. The idea of hand to hand combat, that thing, that thing of a noble fight of two armies squaring off against each other and then charging against each other and fighting, and the best man would be left standing, was kind of forgotten and replaced by this war of a distance. We can drop bombs from the air, so we don't actually have to see the casualties. We just felt that that was really important time period because it started, because it started then with that war. Jenkins later added that it was a unique time period for both women and warfare, as the rules of society were vastly different from even the still flawed society we have today. She says, quote unquote, they had decided to do World War One and was like, whoa, let me think about that. And then I was almost I almost very quickly loved it because we've seen World War Two so much. There were a lot of misunderstandings at play in World War One. It wasn't clear what was going on. And that was great for her journey. Is is Jenkins a woman? Jenkins is a woman. Yes, huh, I had no idea. Yeah, that, they purposely sought her out to do this movie. 
Cool. She was a huge Wonder Woman fan, and oh. there's not a, there's not a lot. I mean, there are a ton. What's of her Wonder real? Directors. What's her full name? Patty Jenkins. Oh Patty yeah, Patty Jenkins, Jenkins yeah. is right there. So as for the war aspect, Jenkins claimed that um, the historical setting wasn't nearly as constraining as some may think, as World War One isn't nearly as chronicled as or and storied as World War Two in our culture. And the confusion on that of that time period left more room for a superhero fantasy story to take hold. Okay, so they're pretty much taking the what we don't know about World War One and throwing in superheroes into it. Right. Interesting. Um, it was the first mechanized war mankind was changing their belief systems of what they were willing to do and what they weren't. The big and most interesting thing about the World War One was how there'd been cavalry, and that was what we were. That's what you were proud of. Now you're just shooting shit up. You don't know who you're killing. You don't know what's going on. The realism versus comic book fantasy of a major war is something that was problematic for Marvel superheroes, for Marvel's superhero period piece origin story, Captain America, the first Avenger. Too much fantasy, not enough warfare history. According to Jenkins, she kept her eye on the big picture instead of the getting bogged down in details. So we're going to be watching a fucking history special that Wonder Woman happens to be in. Pretty much. <laughs> but I am, from what I understand, they had like... That this movie is taking place back then at first and then switching to like present day and then back yeah. and forth and blah, blah, blah. But it also has been revealed that she will fight Ares in this movie. The only thing I don't like or nowhere understand is that she's like fighting regular humans. She would kill a fucking human if she punched it. I'm sure she does. You know what I mean? They would all die. I'm sure they do. Like, I'm sure that her introduction into the war is fucking fabulous. Like, yeah, her, her, she doesn't care as much about. There was actually a quote from her in a comic book where she was like, the difference between you and me, Superman, and, ba- and she's talking to Superman and Batman, is that uh, you got your villains keep coming back because you put them in jail. Mine don't come back. Right. <laughs> she just she fucking, fucking kills, kills motherfuckers. People. Well, yeah. All right. Um, oh, there's only two things left. We can just yeah. Here. All right. And the next piece of news: David Dashed Malchian. Remember this guy? No. Dwight from Gotham. The one who stole Joker's face. Oh, oh, that guy? Yeah. He's playing Abracadabra in The Flash. He was also in The Dark Knight, apparently, and Ant-Man. I uh, don't know. I don't remember him in The Dark Knight at all, but... He probably wasn't, like, a huge role. Uh, the villain is a classic Flash rogue and one of the final members of the traditional rogues gallery who had yet to appear in the series. No. He is a time traveler who uses futuristic technology that mimics magic. His mm. official description for the TV series describes him as a criminal from the distant future whose advanced technological powers seem like magic. Interesting. The time-traveling abracadabra David Dasmalchen holds a secret that the Flash will stop nothing or stop at nothing to uncover. Uh, so I don't know if you remember this, but a couple episodes back, HR mentioned that he had a magician friend hmm. from Earth-19. Interesting. That so the- I'm assuming that's who this is. The official DC website where they the are casting... Further, they are further further along in their technology in that universe. Yeah. So I can see that. So um, let's see. The official casting or DC website where the casting was announced noted that Kadabra has no actual magical powers. <laughs> Kadabra. If you trade him, he evolves into Alakazam. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Pokemon, right? Yep. Um, though in one notable storyline, he was temporarily given the gift of sorcery thanks to a deal he made with the Green Lantern villain Neuron. Um, that storyline titled Underworld Unleashed seems a bit of a random one to free associate. What? One to free associate with the character. So we almost wonder whether some element of that version will play into the TV series. One to free. <laughs> <I> gotta, <laughs> <laughs> it was weird to me. Yeah, I know. 
Uh, in the comics, the 64th century villain most recently appeared in Titans, uh, where he had a grudge against Wally West and appeared to know the truth about the mysterious connections between the DC Universe, Rebirth, and Watchmen, hmm. which is true. I read that issue. Okay. The CW was released, the official synopsis for Abracadabra Alakazam, the first episode of The Flash to feature the titular villain. The Flash, Grant Gustin, battles Abracadabra, guest star David Dashmalchian. A villain from Earth-19 who makes him a tempting offer. Release him and Abracadabra will reveal Savitar's true identity. Mm, interesting. Desperate to save Iris, Candace Patton, Barry considers taking the deal, but Gypsy, guest star Jessica Camacho, breaches in to capture the villain for her own reasons, and during the melee, Abracadabra manages to escape. Barry is furious that Gypsy interfered, but Gypsy refuses to back down, forcing Cisco, Carlos Valdez, to take sides. Meanwhile, Julian, Tom Felton, is still a bit cold towards Caitlin. Daniel, why? Then, but when uh-huh. she but when she is severely injured in battle with Gypsy, he rushes to her side. He was not ne- he hasn't been cold towards Caitlin. I don't know. Nina Lopez Corrado directed the episode with story by Andrew Kreisberg and teleplay by Brooke Roberts and David Cobb. So that's pretty dope. Sounds awesome. Alright, so last bit of DC Universe. Slob, I'm a My name is David Cobb. <coughs> Before we get into Logan. Uh, we don't have any other news. We just did DC this week. Uh, DC Films producer says future solo films may have flashbacks and flash forwards, which I expected, but hell yes. Yeah. So while in the DC world, DC Films is creating as the DC Expanded Universe or the DCEU has been generally linear. Obviously, Wonder Woman is taking a bit of a departure from that with a framing sequence set after Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice that starts Diana on her trip down memory lane and then sets up her Justice League adventure holding it. So there, there you go as far as how See, that movie's like, going to go. I like them when they... Flashbacks are great for me yeah. for uh, for uh, backstory. Like, um, what's it called? Origin stories. Yes. Like, they do it on Jessica Jones. Like, you know, you, you watch Jessica Jones, and you don't know shit about her or how she, is, how she is, and then, like, a few episodes in, they start going into that. Right. And I like that. You know, it's in, instead of just starting the movie off with the origin and then... Seeing them as at all, you know, that takes a lot of time. But absolutely, if you can throw a few cut, a few fucking flashbacks in there, like Man just of to Steel give you the did. gist, Man of Steel yeah, did pretty good. Oh yeah, they did a ama- yeah, well. Was... Well, Man of Steel started off on Krypton. There was not really any flashbacking going on on Man of Steel, actually. Well, there was a little bit, like whenever he was like, there was like I guess there was a little bit of flash forwards, like it would go, yeah, I guess. But you get the gist. So uh, that'll take us up to the Justice League adventure holding it in place. Uh, most of the movie will technically be a flashback as she re- remembers her first entry into man's world during World War I. Um, it turns out that the fluid timeline approach is how DC films plan to go forward from this point on. Just as Batman v Superman had some flashbacks to the recent past and even some flash forwards to a possible dreamlike future, other movies in the universe will explore origin stories while also teasing what's to come. Uh, this is a quote. I'm not sure who it's from. Um, for example, the Justice League movie will take place in a universe that is post-Batman v Superman. Just like that, Batman v Superman takes place in a universe that is post-Man of Steel. Um, producer Charles Roven told Comic... Okay, this is Charles Roven. Uh, he told ComicBook.com in an interview supporting Wonder Woman's release, when we're dealing with either The Flash or Aquaman, since they will take place in a universe that happens after the Justice League, the characters and the world will be informed by the movies that preceded them. Wait, so Aquaman takes place after Justice League? Yes. Interesting. And Flash. I mean, that doesn't seem too bad because, you know, they'd still do their own things. 
you know, they yeah. still have, you know, they have their own right. areas, and Aquaman especially, you know, he is part of the Justice League, but he is still the king of Atlantis, so he he's not as involved as the others. Right. Not as easy to come, come get to. But that's that. I mean, that's all we had for DC Universe news. All right. I think uh, we're going to talk about our two episodes of Walking Dead first, and then we're going to finish her off with Logan. Yes. This week we are only talking about uh, the last two episodes of Walking Dead and uh, Logan because you just you know there's just a lot of shit you know what I mean. But so next week we're gonna catch up on all of the Arrowverse because there's just a lot of shit. You know I, I don't I mean? know why I said because, but uh, <laughs> well, truth be told, we just literally moved location. So if our show sounds a little different, because we're in a different room, yeah. in a different nerd cave, right? So that's so, what we've been doing all fucking day, and yeah. usually we are prepping for the show. Yeah. And we didn't watch this week's Arrowverse yet. Anyway, don't hate us. But next week we'll be going. We'll be doing double Arrowverse next week and Walking Dead. Right. So that'll be fine. Okay. This is the Walking Dead season seven episode twelve. Say yes. The last the episode before this. What episode was before this? This that was it wasn't the, the it wasn't the Eugene episode, was it? Yes, it, it was. was. Okay. So now th- in this episode. We get to see Rick and Michonne. You know, they start off and they are. It's just, it's pretty, it's just a Rick and Michonne episode until the very end. Right, but it was great. Yeah, I mean, in this, you know, we see them, you know, they're out together uh, looking for the guns, you know, for these garbage pail kids. And, you know, they, they, they do some looking, they do some fucking. <laughs> what? Garbage pail kids is just yeah, so what? funny. Yeah, but they do some, they do some looking, you know, they're scavenging, they have like this big van and they like, you know, there's a couple sex scenes and. They're just enjoying life, I think. And like, Michonne's like, we should probably head back. And Rick's like, no, we got a couple more days. Yeah, he's I think, very adamant about not well, going back right Rick, away. They didn't really say it, but I believe Rick. They, he knows war is coming. He's yeah. probably just trying to enjoy a few days, or like you know, just this time to just live for a little bit. And I can't blame him for that. I want to do the same fucking thing. Yeah, damn. And straight. he gets to fuck Michonne. She's not a bad looking black woman. Not gonna lie. But uh, so they you know they end up. You know, they're looking everywhere, they're looking everywhere, and they, you know, they find a little bit here, a little bit there, like typical, no guns so far. And then they finally come across a carnival. Like, it looks like a, you know, it has like a Ferris wheel, just like a little shithole carnival, a little hillbilly bumpkin one. And uh, there's just, what well, they seem to be, mili- it, like, it seems to be like a military outpost there. You know, there's, they see, first off, they see a shadow behind a fence, and it looks like there's like a, a shovel or something sticking out of it. And there's something sticking out the back of his neck. Yeah. But when he walks in, and they realize it's a soldier with, like, a gun, like an R rifle strapped to his back, and they're like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> you know, like, what yeah. are the odds of this? So, uh, with a couple of close calls and a fake ass looking deer, <laughs> um, you know, the, it was a typical episode. You know, it was cool though. They found it was like every aspect of Walking Dead was in it. There was zombie killing, there was love, there was uh, scavenging. Typical, you know, it was a good post-apocalyptic episode. Yeah, you know, nobody, people, everybody's talking shit about this deer. You know, this deer looked horrible. It, it was very clearly green screen. But 
let's not forget the fucking thousand of walkers of makeup they did that was fucking beautiful. The beautiful makeup on that walker that Rosita came across. Yeah. No, they gotta get everybody has to give a shit about this one fucking deer that they were just like, it's just a deer. Nobody's gonna give a fuck <laughs> about this deer. They were wrong. Everybody gave a shit about that deer. I'm, uh, Walking I Dead know. loses one million viewers because of the deer. No. That, I mean, to me, that's so dumb. Like, they didn't give a shit to put good money into that deer because they were probably putting it towards something else. Right. Maybe Rick's like, I need a fucking, I need a, I need a advance on my paycheck. And they're like, all right, deer gonna look like shit though. <laughs> He'd be like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> So that's how that happens. Right. So, uh, and then it's, I mean, it was pretty predictable. They were on the roof looking at, like looking at shit and it was like waterlogged roof and it fucking caved in and they landed on a bed. (laughs) Like it was very, it was A lot of people also had problems with the fact, like when Michonne shoots that fucking stack of cans or whatever. Yeah. The the walkers didn't do anything. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't turn around and do anything, but. I don't, what if he like bother me that bad? Like a walker just walks out with a stuffed animal and is like, you win. <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> and interesting. All right. Um, so let's see. Do, 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 do. So the in after all is said and done, like like he said, a few close calls. Um, they Where the fuck are we? During all of this, Tara struggles. Oh, yeah. During all this, Tara struggles um, with her... with whether or not she should tell Rick about Oceanside. Yeah, she like talking to, their, to the Judas, like... Judith? Like, to baby. Judith. Judith. <laughs> I thought it was Judith with a lisp. That's what I, I don't know. <laughs> Judith. Judith. <laughs> Somebody, and like Mike Tyson named her. He's like, no, Judith. And they're like, that's what we're saying. He's like, no, Judith. <laughs> <laughs> Judith with a lisp. <laughs> but, uh, that's a, I smell a title. I smell a title. But, yeah, she, because they prom- they made her promise not to, t- well, no, the girl that saved her said, just promise, do not tell anybody about us. Because for one thing, Tara's supposed to be dead, according to that group. And, yeah, I mean, I can't blame her for not wanting anybody to know where she's at because Negan murdered all their men. Yeah, not only that, but they also fucking said that they shoot on sight. So how the fuck are they going to do it? Like, yeah. What you, Rick's going to walk up. They're going to be like, like yeah. they're not going to give a shit. I don't know. Like, it doesn't make unless, sense. Unless my theory about Heath. <laughs> he happens to be there just getting <laughs> pussy every day. <laughs> Maybe, man. He's like, ladies, ladies, ladies. He's like, these people are my people. <laughs> you ever add your asshole eating out by a, fa- a black guy in an overcoat? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. He Nobody just, knows where Heath is. Like, like, they walk in and like he's on a throne, just a throne of, of women. <laughs> like, naked. They, yeah, naked women. They're just like on their hands and, and knees. No, Heath is naked too. Yeah, but the women throne. <laughs> it's a throne of real oh, women. Oh, a throne made out of real women. Yeah, they're I like see. crouching down and sitting in a throne-like manner. And there's some standing up behind him to make like the back of the throne, <laughs> and his dong's hanging out, and Rick, and they're like, "Let him in." People, people were gonna be like, "Why the fuck hasn't Game of Thrones thought of this?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's nothing but naked women in that show. <laughs> that's indeed a throne of naked women. That's genius. <laughs> Listen, I hope you're listening, directors of Game of Thrones, yes. writers. If I don't see a throne of naked women, <laughs> we'll never watch like, the show. <laughs> I never watch that shit anyway. But whatever. <laughs> All right, so. Do, 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 um, so Rick and Michonne found 63 guns. And a shitload of food. Yeah, and a fuckload of food. Yeah, like, like I said, this was a military outpost. They had fucking food. That was uh, MREs. Yeah, yeah MREs. Fucking ridiculous. So Rick's like, this is delicious. And I'm like, those <laughs> are not that delicious. Now, after living through the zombie apocalypse, I imagine they're not that bad. Fuck yeah, dude. I would probably murder somebody for a Slim Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that. Yeah. Don't nobody don't nobody cut cut that out of context because I would not murder somebody for a Slim Jim. In the zombie apocalypse, he would. In the though. zombie apocalypse, sure. 
Snap um, into a Slim Jim. <laughs> let's see. Do, do, do. So, so they give, they present their weapons to the Garbage Pail Kids, and they say it's not enough, which I was like, fuck. <laughs> because I was, I was completely blown away by the fact that they found 63 fucking I guns. I mean, but I can understand it. If there's 130 people in the group, oh, no, I 163 get it. guns is obviously not going to be enough. But I get it. But like at the same time... They are they, not going to find that oh, fucking yeah. treasure trove of like, guns again. I was like, holy fuck, 63 fucking guns? Like... And then they're like, nah, not enough. Rick and was all somehow, proud. He, Rick's like standing there with him. He's like, yeah, I found all these guns. And they're like, this ain't enough. He's like, motherfucker. <laughs> you can tell he fucking loathes this woman. Oh, yeah. He, he needs her. Somehow, he managed to broker a deal where he got 20 guns and left them with 43. So now they've got to go find fucking a fuckload more. If she wanted twice as many. Twice more plus 20. Yeah, so now they've got to fucking find. So she wanted a total of 126 six guns. Yes. Now, now they, they have to find go. 106 guns. No, now they got to find 106 minus 63 guns. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Now, Oceanside's probably stacked that wall was wrong. to wall. That... <laughs> it's 126 guns. Total. Total. And now they have they have 43. they got to find like 83 guns. Yes. Yeah, so they have to go find 83 more fucking guns, which is nuts. Yeah. Uh, that was very simple math. I can't believe I had such a struggle <laughs> with that. It's all right. We've had a long day. Uh, at the end of the episode, Tara confronts Rick, seemingly tell, to tell him about Oceanside. Now, this isn't stated in the episode. She just says, I have something to tell you. And based on what we've seen the entire episode of her struggling with it, we can only assume. Right. But you never know with The Walking Dead. She could just be like, I'm, I'm up here and I don't have tampons. We never know. Right. <laughs> that would be fucking weirdest thing ever to say. Olivia got killed and I don't know what the fucking tampons are. She kept track of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. All right. Uh, Bitch had so, a wide vagina. She needed two <laughs> tampons. <coughs> All right. Uh, meanwhile, Rosita shows up uh, at the hilltop to concoct a plan with Sasha to take Negan out themselves, which probably won't work out. Yeah, we don't assume that will work. No, we didn't mention Rosita's little own scene. She went out to look for guns herself, and she walked to a doorway, saw a gun in the doorway, and then as soon as she confronted it, this fucking walker rocks out right away, like the walker set the gun there like somebody is going to come to this <laughs> and she like stood on the other side of the door and then as soon as somebody came she was like score i've been sitting here for 30 days <laughs> dude it's like <laughs> it's like that have you that right. mud walker what never mind go ahead you need to think back to the to the episode where herschel gets his leg cut off all right they're walking down a dark hallway there's a walker just like Sleeping against the wall. Passed out against the wall. Literally, as soon as Herschel's leg comes in front of the thing, it just like, it fucking just destroys his leg. And you're like, what the fuck was that walker waiting for? It was just laying there. Every other walker we've seen is walking around or stuck in the mud. Yeah, and this one's just like, I'm fucking exhausted, man. It might not have been eaten. That might not have eaten. Maybe it was malnourished. I guess. I don't know, man. I just think it's crazy. Like, it's just like, as soon as it's like waving a chicken leg in front of somebody's sleeping face. Dude, if if I was sleeping, well, I'm not the kind of person that would do this, but a typical person, if you were waving like a freshly cooked piece of bacon in front of somebody's mouth, they'd probably wake up and eat it. Yeah. I'd be like, (laughs) get that shit out of my face, dude. Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. I don't, I don't not love bacon. Don't get me wrong, listeners. I just, I'm not a morning person. I do not eat in the morning. It's just, I don't know, man. Sometimes walkers are handled very oddly in this show. Yeah, like, like that walker in the mud you always love. He just standing in the mud just like, nah, this is my fate. This is happening. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just stand here. That mud gonna... walker is fucking hilarious. Like, it didn't, it was literally just stuck and staring off into the distance. That would be like, so boring, What do you dude. think walkers think about? 
I'd be brains. Just all the time. Just like, like fuck, I'm so hungry, but I can't move. Well, walkers can't have a thought process. The only the only part of their brain that is activated is the motor cortex that allows them to move. Right. Or and apparently to crave flesh. <laughs> just the it's just so funny. That's the and that's the episode where Dale dies when that happens. Spoilers for season yeah. two. <laughs> Um. <coughs> so that is yeah. That, so that's the end of that episode. That episode was called "Say Yes." Um, for a weird reason. Like well, when, tell, yeah, when he's brokering the deal, he's like, "Say yes," and she goes, "No." <laughs> <laughs> but dude, we we know say yes. You need more gun. Like that's how she talks. I hate it. It's a fucking caveman, like, man. But that's weird. Like it is. She talked like that before the zombie apocalypse. People just. She was like the welcome lady at Walmart. Welcome Walmart, and they're like, get the fuck away from me, weirdo. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's uh, Gosh, it's special ed. Yeah, for sure. But all right, now we're gonna get right into The Walking Dead season seven, episode thirteen, which aired last night. It was titled "Bury Me Here." Oh, okay, yeah. This was a good fucking episode. Yeah, it was great. I liked this episode a lot. And it was like only it only took place in the hilltop. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, I'm it, sorry, Kingdom. It was a Carol and fucking Morgan episode, which people usually fucking hate. Yeah, but it was good because it had other aspects. It wasn't just them fucking fucking guys. Yeah, fucking was, guys. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was really it was really really good. Um. So, how did you want to approach? Because we didn't write a summary for this one. So, we, how did you say you wanted to approach this? <laughs> well, God bless you, Thank son. You. Okay, there's one way to go about this. We gotta. All right, <laughs> the hilltop has agreed. Finally, to begin to start the war with Rick. Rick doesn't know this yet, but you know, at the end, Ezekiel has decided, yes, we got to do this, and we are going to tell you how they got to this point now. Right. It's pretty much like showing you the end of the episode and saying, "This is how it happened," which does happen. It happens in shows. They like to show you something, and then you see all the other shit, and then it ends up being that. Right. So. Yeah, it's not a bad um, way to go about it. In the beginning, it's just their typical, typical kingdom thing. Like you know, uh, this woman confronts Ezekiel and is like, "Sorry, you're you're." kingdom garden you know whatever it is has weevils in it and we got to get rid of it he's like well shit um and apparently they're supposed to take 11 melon or 12, 12 melons 12 melons that's their net into their meat so you know we we are very popular i think we even had an episode but we talk about um character growth means ends in death development equals death yeah, I character development episode ends four in death. of nerdtocalypse <laughs> yes and it's the truth you know what I mean? And like, because Amber, Amber, DJ's wife isn't really as savvy as this stuff. You know what I mean? So as soon as she says, that guy's going to die, he's talking a lot. And I'm like, yeah, he is. <laughs> we, we've been, we've guessed this for a while. It's the same thing that happened to Axel. Yeah. Abraham. Yeah. Like, it always well, happens. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of character growth, you die. Except for the main, main characters so far, obviously. But, um, yeah, if you have more than your normal two lines in an episode, you're probably going to die. So like if you, and you like that character like that guy the actor you like get the script and it's like five times thicker than normal he goes oh guys <laughs> why me <laughs> but yeah that's true so they go to the media and it doesn't go you know well first off they go and they come across a blockade 
there is like a shopping cart just blocking the road and they're like oh this isn't good and so they all get out and they're like let's fucking we gotta you know they gotta investigate obviously because somebody did that walkers didn't do that well yeah and the shopping carts were in the shape of an arrow yeah pointing somewhere yeah so they go around and i didn't even notice that yeah, they like they were all. No, were, I know now. Oh yeah, I was like, because there was just like a big bundle of them at one side, but now I really, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it was. I noticed it immediately. I was like, that's interesting. But uh, then they go around and they see a, a grave dug, shallow, pretty shallow grave actually, and there's a sign in it that says "Bury me here." And at this point, nobody has any idea who did this. They're like, what in the fuck? So they just scoot the carts out and they drive on their way. And then they get to the meet at, and guns are drawn. Like, they all have guns on each other because the other guy is like, or, you know, what's going to happen? You know, he's very calm. Like, the guy is so calm about yeah, everything. He's he like, really is. He's like, you know what's got to happen. He goes, something has to be done. He goes, you guys give us your weapons. Give us your... Because no, cause he walks up to the car to look at the food, and the first thing he says is, give us your guns, too. Yeah. And they all draw their shit, and they're like, no, you know, we're going to give you our fucking guns. And then so... And actually, the guy, the last guy I imagine would ever say, <laughs> we should give them our guns... Was fucking Richard. Yeah. I cannot believe that he's... I was like, what? <laughs> but I, we know why later. But, yeah. Um, and is it, they're just... Ezekiel's like... Ezekiel just... In his, you can just see he's like... He's like worried. He's he's absolutely worried. Oh, yeah. And... Probably the most and, worried we've seen him so far. And he finally... And then Ezekiel, and he's, and Ezekiel's like, give give Morgan his staff. We'll give you our guns. Like, what a fucking deal, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> give us his staff and you'll, you'll get all of our guns. <laughs> so... Like, like, if you gave them their guns, they couldn't just be like, no, give us that staff back. Like, Right? We've got fucking five guns on you. Yeah. Give us that staff back, son. But, uh, so it gets to the point where he's, like, talk. he's talking like Negan. He's very Negan-y. Well, I guess he is Negan, but yeah. he's like, you know, something's got to happen. He goes, you guys got to know. You guys got to understand. He goes, we got to do something to teach you guys. Like, you know, you guys can't be getting away with this. And they have no idea why he's doing this. And then Ezekiel walks up. It's like, we only have 11 melons here. Our deal was for 12. And he's like, I counted them. He's like, I know there was 12 melons. He goes, well, there ain't now. He goes, and he's like, and uh, Ezekiel's like, this is impossible. And that guy's like, well, it's happening right now. So obviously it's not. Right. So that fucking long-haired fucker that's always fucking with Richard and that had Morgan's staff has the gun pointed at Richard. And Richard's like, just do it. You know, he had the tears in his eyes, and he's like, just fucking do it. Like, he was ready to die. But at the last second, he turns his gun and shoots somebody else. Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Right in the femoral artery. Is that where it was? Yes. On his leg? Yes. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Your femoral artery runs along your femur. Right. That is how the Trinity Killer always killed uh, the women in the tub. Ah. And Dexter, he would cut the femoral artery because once your femoral artery is, artery is cut, just a lot like your jugular. Yeah, it's not. You got to get it stitched quick, dude. Or you're fucking pretty much. You're you know you're gonna bleed you're out. Gonna bleed out. That's a that's a very heavy uh, blood flow area. So long story short, Benjamin bleeds out. Yes, uh, they, at Carol's house. Yes, they rush. They rush there. Then they had to go to Carol's house. And Ezekiel's even like, "I'm sorry for coming here. We we had to." Yeah, he's like, "We had no choice." But there's no hope. Ben is dead. And he, yeah, but before happens, they leave, he's like, You got to bring us one more melon tomorrow. Like, yeah, and I'm like, What the fuck? Like, they're gonna drive all the way here for one melon. You know, it's probably more of a waste in fuel than that melon's worth. Yep, but whatever. Who am I to argue with Negan? So, literally, right after this happens, though, after, after Ben dies, Morgan goes back out to the location of the carts and he has a fucking weird moment. 
He goes mm. fucking clear on everybody. Well, Benjamin dies. You know, he he was imagining his son dying. He was imagining, he was remembering clear and like you know, all his crazy time. Yeah, he was you know, ha- he was flashbacking fucking hard. We do. We even got. Well, he grew. We even got this fucking. Kid, man. Did you, I don't know if you noticed it, but did you see like the the flashbacks of Dwayne from season one? Like, yeah, that's what I said. He saw his son. He was thinking. Yeah, his son. it was crazy. Was, like I was waiting to see his wife and everything. Yeah, I didn't. We didn't like, see that. If they, if we did, it was so fast that I didn't realize it. But you know, but like he he grew close to Benjamin. You know, it's probably the. Besides like Carl and them, obviously, but this is probably the closest he's got to a child. Yeah, and a long since that, his son, you know, and that didn't have a father either. You know, he he trained this kid, so there's you know there was a connection there, right? So, so he's not taking it very well. No, and and this happening straight up lights a fire under his ass and Ezekiel's ass. Oh yeah, um, it is not. It is uh, so. Forgive me if I'm going off key or off off things here, but Morgan. Morgan is both thinking clearly and not clearly at the same time. Right. He s- goes straight to Carol's house and pretty much just tells her everything well, that happened in no, Alexandria. Wait, wait, wait. Got to get something. For- Before, he's walking around that area where the carts were at first. He's just like. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I meant to talk about and this. Then he, and then he comes across like a crate and he kicks the crate. And what the fuck is under the crate but a melon? Right. So, and then the next, exactly next scene, he's in Richard's room with the crate and the melon. And Richard admits everything. Yeah, basically he did that. He wanted he did all of it because he thought he he wanted to start some shit with the saviors, and he pretty much thought that he would die. He would be the because one they said killed. that they said you're the first. You know right. they they have said that to him. So he assumed it sucks what happened. You know, but right he, if he truly believed they would kill him instead of Benjamin, and who wouldn't have thought that? That's what they right, said. They yeah, did. Uh, I can get behind his plan. I understand yeah, it completely. Yeah. But what he wanted to do is pretty much his death be the reason. They are doing this. So, yeah. So, apparently, I also missed what happened because I did not expect what happened after. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk to this part. I don't know if I was just up doing in, something in the kitchen. In there. the room, they were talking. And it wasn't clear. I, I knew it because I was just paying. You know, I, I, I'm just good at that kind of thing. But he was talking to him. He's like, you know, we got to we got to do something. You know, we got to do something that will cause them to believe. He goes, oh, we, do so so we have to do something that will make them over my head. convince. Now, he didn't say kill me, but he goes... He might have said it, but he said, you got to kill. You know, he said, you got to do it. You know, you're, we're there, Morgan. We have to do this. I see. And then, so they get to the site again for that one melon. And then Morgan very clearly and out loud says, have you told them? Right. You know, he could have done that in the car. He could have done that anywhere else. But he said it right there because he needed Ezekiel and them to hear him that there was something that Richard was hiding. Yeah. Because if he, Morgan just went out and killed him for no reason. They would have no, pre- you know, like preface or what, however the fuck you want to say it, to like what the fuck, but right? Ezekiel just heard that Richard was clearly not telling them something. Yeah, and he was like, "Did you hear what?" And he's, and he's like, like "We like, will talk about this now." Oh yeah. And then so Richard walks up, and then all of a sudden Morgan just fucking comes and whacks him with a stick, and then just fucking chokes him fucking to death. Like DJ yeah. goes, "Holy fuck!" I was not <laughs> expecting it at all. I was like, "Jesus Christ, that's fucking crazy!" Like, I mean, I didn't expect it to happen like so suddenly and like that, but I did. I did. I saw something coming because it was very. It was all very planned out. Like, yeah, it was crazy to me though. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, and the whole purpose behind it was just to simply, you know, showing that one from their side kills Richard, and then he said that Richard was behind everything. So he pretty much told everybody, which Ezekiel then believed had to believe because he just heard that he was hiding something. Right. So and so Richard gets buried me here. Yep, he <laughs> goes and he buries Richard where he buried him, and he found a backpack with Katie on it, which I believe was his daughter. Yeah. So it was a sad. It was sad, man. Like Benjamin was a good good guy. You know, now his brother has nobody. Right. And 
So the episode in Endo, and then Morgan goes and goes to Carol. Mm-hmm. And dude, I was I've been no, I, this was hard for me, man. I've been waiting for this moment, but it's so the look in Carol's eye. I knew I. You just know how she's gonna react, right? So yeah, so Morgan pretty much straight up tells Carol everything that happened in Alexandria that Daryl lied to her about. Yeah, that Glenn is dead, Abraham's dead, Olivia's, Olivia's dead, dead, and uh, Spencer. Fuck it, who gives a shit about Spencer? <laughs> she kind of had a thing with Spencer though, kinda. Yeah. They kind of were a little bit close, weren't they? I, I don't know, maybe. I don't. I don't remember. No, maybe. No, he was close Spencer with Rosita. Was just a douche. Yeah, he's a fag fuck to everybody. But so Carol now knows, and she's not happy. Obviously, yeah, not at all. So because she knows that. She said to Daryl, you know what I mean? If I knew what happened, she's like, I'm going to go out there and I'm never going to be the same again. And that is what is going to happen. Yeah. We're going to get a side of Carol that the saviors are not going to fucking like. No. She 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 does not exist in the comic books at this point because she died in the prison. But that's one change that I'm, not, I'm okay with because this Carol is a beast. They never would have got out of Terminus if it wasn't for Carol. They would be dead, They would have been dead there. As simple as that. I don't right. Care. They can say what, you know... But, you know, so she she's a boss, dude, like and she knew she was becoming such a boss that she had to uh, put herself aside and leave but not leave or go but not go. However, she says it. Right. Which is a great segue into the fact that she tells Morgan to do the same thing. So, yeah. So pretty much they change places. Yep. Morgan now can't handle everything. You know what I mean? And so he goes because it has to be killing him that he killed Richard because he doesn't want to kill his enemies, let alone his friends. Right. And the the moral of the episode was you, you hurt someone else, you injure yourself. Yeah. And that's pretty, you know, like. I mean, even in Logan, you know, later in the scene, then sometime in the movie, he goes, Logan's, he's like, I've hurt a lot of people. He goes, we got to learn to live with that. Like, yeah, it even, you know, it affects everyone. Maybe not Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, some people are just fucked up. Yeah, Probably don't but, affect Negan at all. No, actually, man, in the newest issue of the comic book, Negan really spills his heart out to Rick. Really? Yeah. And we see a lot of why he can do what he does and why he has no remorse and hmm. Why it is so easy for him to cave people's heads in with a baseball bat? I have to. It's a uh, good dude. Yeah, it is an interesting right. issue. I like that. That's cool. But yeah, so that the episode ends with you know she confronts Ezekiel and says we got to get ready and Ezekiel goes yes, but not today. but not today because he's planting some plants with uh, Benjamin's, Benjamin's brother. younger brother. So yeah, great yeah, episode. I, I fucking loved it, man. I had no one, not one complaint about this entire episode. Yeah, great episode. You know, I- Carol shows her ingenuity, like. She killed all those walkers outside the fence. Yeah, and they were like, that. "We were coming out to take care of those," and she's just like, "Whatever." Like that was, <laughs> a, that was. A, I might as well have been picking my fucking wedgie out of my ass as easy as that was for me. Like, right. For a mutant without time traveling powers, the chronology of Wolverine's life in the X Men movies is complicated to say the very least. Claws out, everyone. Let's make sense of Logan's timeline. Spoilers ahead, of course. Wolverine's story begins in 1845 when Logan manifests his mutant powers for the first time. Straight into his dad's chest, he and his half-brother Victor, who eventually becomes Sabretooth, spend the next century traveling the world and using their powers to rack up a serious body count in several major American wars, including the Civil War and both World Wars. Logan becomes imprisoned in a Japanese POW camp near Nagasaki at the tail end of World War II. There, he saves the life of Ichiro Yoshida, an officer in the Japanese army. Cut to 1962 when Logan crosses paths with Charles Xavier and Eric Lencher, who try to recruit him to the X-Men. He turns them down with his signature eloquence, Go f*** yourself. So it's a hard pass for now. During the Vietnam War, Logan first crosses paths with Colonel William Stryker, who recruits him and Victor to a covert mutant task force called Team X. Logan leaves the team after becoming disillusioned with their methods. 
But Stryker isn't that easily refused. Six years later, after the staged death of his lover Kayla Silverfox, who's actually an agent of Stryker's, Logan returns to the Weapon X facility. He submits to Stryker's adamantium bonding process, and the Wolverine is born. Logan escapes Stryker's facility when he realizes he wants to use him as a brainwashed weapon. He suffers complete memory loss after Stryker fires two adamantium bullets into his brain. After decades of wandering, Logan encounters the X-Men again. This time, he accepts Xavier's offer to join the team. After defeating Magneto, Logan travels to Canada to discover the secrets of his past. Stryker, still trying to weaponize mutants, invades the Xavier Institute and kidnaps a number of students. Logan, along with the remaining X-Men and Magneto's Brotherhood, hunts Stryker down and stops him once and for all. Wolverine and the X-Men again face off against Magneto and the Brotherhood. He's forced to kill Jean Grey, the woman he loves, to prevent her Dark Phoenix powers from raging out of control. Plagued by guilt, Logan spends the next decade hiding in the wilderness until he's brought back out into the world to help, and then fight his old friend from World War II, Ichiro Yoshida. He loses his adamantium claws in the process. Two years later, he is once again recruited by Xavier and Magneto to the X-Men to deal with the danger posed by Trask Industries and their experimental Sentinel program. How the heck is Xavier alive after being blown to smithereens by Jean Grey in The Last Stand? You're not the only one with gifts. Yep, that's all they gave us. Fast forward a decade. Logan and the few remaining free mutants are fighting for survival in a world ruled by Bolivar Trask Sentinels. To save the present, Kitty Pride transports Logan's mind into the body of his younger self in 1973. There, Logan Prime, as we'll call him, is able to help prevent Mystique from killing Trask, the event which set into motion the expansion of the Sentinel program, thus changing the future. Logan Prime's mind leaves the younger Logan's body at the bottom of the Potomac River. We'll get back to Logan Prime in just a moment, but for now, let's follow young Logan. He's soon recovered by Mystique, who's masquerading as Colonel Stryker. The films have left young Logan's journey from here on a little vague, so we're going to veer into theory territory. At some point after being recovered by Mystique, young Logan becomes a prisoner of the real Colonel Stryker and is subjected to the Weapon X program. In 1983, he's set free by the X-Men. Young Jean Grey restores some of his lost memories as he escapes. Meanwhile, the Essex Corporation is busy trying to clone Wolverine. Logan Prime's mind catches up to the body of his younger self, who eventually found his way back to the X-Men after escaping Stryker's facility in 1983. I think the history I know is a little different. Welcome back. To his surprise, Jean Grey and Cyclops are alive in this new reality. At some point in the early 21st century, the world again takes a dark turn for mutant kind. An aging Logan is traveling with an ailing Charles Xavier as both struggle with the weakening of their powers. Logan is called back into action when he encounters a young girl named Laura on the run from sinister corporation Transigen. This new time period is intentionally ambiguous, with director James Mangold simply saying it is past the point of the epilogue of Days of Future Past. But if the comics have taught us anything about the X-Men, it's that their future is always in flux. For more on Wolverine and the ever-changing universe of the X-Men, keep it here on IGN. Oh, all right. So, yes. We are going to get in this high, our very first movie of the year that is going to be talked about on our Talkalypse. The first superhero movie of the year. So far, it was amazing. Amazing movie of the year. Yeah, yeah. Let's do a little bit of a spoiler-free review here. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't seen Logan, this is the you can listen for the next five minutes or so, and then you're not going to want to do it because we're going to spill about this movie. Absolutely. But go ahead, go ahead with what you had to say. It was just, and it was just great. You know, I mean, like, I heard from some people about like, oh, the plot wasn't that great. Blah, blah, blah. This, there wasn't really much plot. But you know, this movie had it all, man. It had, it had action. It had a good, it had a good story to me. You know, we get to see about X twenty three, which we already know about from the previews. So that's yes. not a spoiler. Um, you know, we see Xavier again. You know, we see. You know, we see a couple other mutants in the movie, which is cool. It's always cool seeing new mutants and their powers. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
But yeah, it had it had every aspect of a good movie. You know, it had it had, it had heartfelt moments. It had it was hilarious at times. Yeah. It was you know the action was off the chain because it was a rated R. Oh, off the chain is an understatement. Yeah, it was a fucking a rate. We have needed a Wolverine rated R movie because as me and DJ were discussing, like. In any other X Men movie, you know he'll cut people or whatever, and nothing. They just kind of go down, like like in any movie that's not right. Really like even in a sword fight movie, they just slash them, and all of a sudden they're just yeah. You hear dead. it, you see it happening, but no blood, no, no blood, decapitations. No, yeah, absolutely. But this was the Wolverine fucking movie we needed because this is what it, in, if Wolverine existed in real life, this is exactly how people would be dying. Right. It would not. It wouldn't be so. You know, it would be that gory and disgusting. Like, Oh man, it was it was just straight up brutal from the first fucking scene oh, straight the very through first scene. to the to the last scene. Like it was just it was oh, nuts. It was good, crazy fucking movie. Go see it. I don't know if you haven't seen it yet. What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, we're a little late, but you know we have lives outside of podcasting, which you know we have children, wives, whatever, etc. Better late than never. Yeah, but you know this this is well well worth seeing in theaters. If you can get a chance, if it's still in your local theater, go fucking see it, man. It was so good. Like. I mean, it wasn't one of those movies that was so... Like, it wasn't like a Power Rangers or an Avengers where there was so much explosion that, like, you had to see it in theaters. Right. Like, if I if I had to wait to see it in DVD, it wouldn't have been all that bad because it wasn't that kind of action. Right. But, yeah, but still, like... Oh, I, oh, oh man. Yeah, the movie theater is always better. That's never a, that's never a question. It, it, man, I, I, I feel like you might not agree with this, but dare I say, as much as... As long as I've lived here and am used to our movie theater... I would have been okay paying for that movie. Not me, because I could hear fucking King Kong, Kong happening story, yeah. in the room next door, and that was pissing me off. It, yeah, that was annoying. But if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have. The only movie that I've ever been to that you can hear the movie in the next room. Yeah, it's pretty Never bullshit. in my life. Absolute <laughs> garbage. <laughs> our theater but no, garbage. our movie theater decides to put their money in a fucking self-serve soda machine and a self-serve icy machine, but not in the shit that fucking matters in a movie theater. The movie! <laughs> yeah, the whole reason it. people were there buying the fucking drinks in the first place Ugh, I just want to fucking punch the guy who owns that place in the mouth well that's not his doing it's I don't I just want to whoever owns it in general I just want to punch him in the face and be like dude fix this shit man tear it down build a new one we need a good movie theater yeah tired of driving an hour and a half two hours to get a fucking good movie theater yeah it'd be nice to just fucking be here 15 but, minutes all right we're getting off topic here but we're gonna get into now we're gonna start spoiling this movie very very tough yeah so, so you don't want this spoiled now would be a great time to leave You've had 50 minutes of podcast to enjoy. Yeah. And the peop- the rest of the people that are here for Logan, it is time now yes. to get our thoughts. Spoiler warning in three, two, and one. Go. Okay, first off, no fucking movie previews. What the fuck? Yeah, I love movie previews, and there wasn't one fucking movie preview, so. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah. But we did get a really bad My third testicle short. receded into my uterus. <laughs> Uh, so that Deadpool short though, dude, dope. That, that was that one that got spoiled. I don't get it though. The one that got the one that we got spoiled with, I saw Stan Lee in it. Yes, but in the movie it wasn't. I don't know why. Do you know why? No, it's weird. I don't I, know. It was so perfect. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that there is no Stan Lee cameo in Logan at all. But so what? What does that have to do with that? I'm not sure, man. It, it it was the perfect Stan Lee cameo because, you know, Stan Lee was in it, and Deadpool was known for breaking the fourth wall, and he said, "Fuck you, Stan Lee." Or whatever he Zip said. it. Zip it, Stan Lee. Or whatever, you know, but yeah. it was funny, dude. He's like, hey, great suit. He's like, zip it, Stan Lee. And, which is great because he does break the fourth wall. And it, just, right. it was so yeah, perfect. It was perfect. I loved it, but I don't know why it wasn't uh, in the movie. Yeah. Sorry. Right. We still saw it in good quality. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Know. Funny as shit. I, you know, it was still, I still laughed. <laughs> like, 
All right, so uh, the movie opens up with Logan seemingly drunk and or injured and is getting he's getting robbed by some cholos. Well, that's what they call it. Like, later on, the guy says, yeah, there were some dead cholos over there. He's like, that wouldn't be... Uh, that wouldn't be strange, except the fact that, and then I'll tell you that after you read this. Right. Um, so these cholos who are stealing his rims in his 2024 limousine. <laughs> yeah, 2024. So like you're 24 Chrysler limousine or whatever he said. Because remember, this movie takes place in 2029. Right. Uh, so we first see Logan get out, and he is limping, which is which I find which I find very uh, yeah very odd, seeing as though he is Logan Wolverine. Yeah, he heals like well, he should never be limping and. Now, I know, you know, a lot of people are like, how could he ever die? Or how does he ever, you know, why would he ever, how could he age and stuff? But he does, like, I've even read in the comic, you know, his powers do dwindle. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he can still heal, but it's not at the rate, like, it's, you know, it's not at the rate that it once was. Right. Uh, so the first scene is badass. Oh, yeah. been needing an R-rated movie like this and truly getting to see some Wolverine kill some motherfuckers. So brutal and awesome. And apparently Logan, so apparently <laughs> Logan is a limo driver in the future. Uh, ushering a random assortment of people, one group in particular he is taken to a funeral, and he is confronted by some random Mexican woman who recognizes him to be Wolverine, saying she needs his help. Yeah, well, before we get into that, that, that fight, that very first fight scene I wanted to talk about. Oh, my about. God, yeah. He, he, it's not really a fight. I mean, he kind of is, but like he gets out. The Cholo's like immediately just caps him in the chest with a shotgun, and he's just like, oh, and he flies back, and he he stands up. He goes, guys, <laughs> he goes, you can't do that. You're going to strip the fucking platinum or whatever the fuck, the the, the, the chrome off of the... The yeah. lug nuts or whatever, and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and you know, he tries to fight, but he seems—he's like wasted. He's like missing. You know, yeah. they're kind of kicking his ass, and they finally have him on the ground, beating him. And he's like, finally, he's like, he gets that rage, and he—that is when it all goes down, baby. Oh man, crazy! Claw through, through the through arm, faces, claws through arms, heads off, arms off. Oh yeah, dude! <laughs> what a way to open the movie. <sighs> So, oh, I have no—I have nothing but great thing to say about oh, that beginning uh, scene. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Very Mur- well done. Beautiful murder scene. <laughs> Be- beautiful murder scene, man. So much gore and blood. People dying. I love it. Yeah. So the Mexican woman recognizes him to be Wolverine. She needs help. Uh, the typical spiel. You know, like, you're a superhero. I know you're a superhero. I need help. You need to help me. Right. That's the typical spiel. Logan meets with a random nurse guy. Yeah, like, it all, all of a sudden. Like, outside of a hospital who is apparently selling him drugs illegally. Yeah, it was like a bag. He handed him money. He gave him a bag of drugs. At this point, we don't know, but he is being watched by this uh, this random dude with fucking transigan transigan guy. I don't remember his. What is his name? Oh fuck, we just we found about it last night. Whatever. I don't give a shit about his name. He's a <laughs> pussy. Uh, but he wears those fucking John Lennon sunglasses. Like they're like round and they have like they're like red tinted or something. Like, they yeah, were, they were odd. But yeah, so he uh, he works for the. Act- a, a Cali transgen alkali alkali transgen. Um, he is a uh, he is after people who who are looking for Logan, which he pretty much says that he goes, I'm after the people who are looking for you. Yeah, and he gives him this card. Uh, very saying Logan guy. recognizes it. You know, he's like fuck. You know, he looks at it after the guy gets out. And he's like motherfucker. Like, right, not these fucking people. He has a metal arm of some sort. Um, he said, "See, you aren't the only one who's been modified to him." Mm-hmm. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, anything happen in between these next couple scenes? No. Logan then crosses the border, I believe, into Mexico. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really... I don't know for sure. I think... I'm pretty sure he was in Mexico. Like, that's where he was staying. Yeah. Because the Mexican police end up showing up at some point, but they never uh, really made it 100% clear. Yeah, they didn't. You're, you're always confused as to exactly where he was. Right. So, but... So he is... Uh, 
drive-through, staying at some old-ass farm or factory, and there is an albino man there named Caliban uh, who's living with Logan. We soon find out that he, that the meds he bought are for none other than Charles Xavier himself, who apparently has come down with some brain-deteriorating disease, ALS or whatever, not quite sure. Yeah, they they threw off a couple things in the movie at some point, but they, I don't think they ever really specified exactly what it was because... I don't believe he's actually been treated. It was just something that was obviously fucking with his brain. Right. So upon our first visit with him, he doesn't seem to recognize Logan and is a little off his rocker. Yeah, he's just like, he was, funny, was he though. singing? He was like saying something weird, like salt with pepper. And like, <laughs> and <then laughs> Dude, you said a lot of stuff in that scene. I have no idea. <laughs> it was but then he goes into shit. some type of seizure and shit starts getting fucking crazy. Like oh pressure. Oh my God. Just bearing down on anyone in the vicinity. Uh, for any of those, DJ doesn't want to, but for any of those of you that watch Bleach, it reminds me very much of like when the Bleach character feels an exceptionally strong spiritual pressure. The very first time Ichigo ever came across Kenpachi, like the spiritual pressure was so strong that it was like doing that. It was pushing them down so hard that they could barely move. And it, that's it, crazy. It seemed like the same kind of. I love it. You know, like I, that's what I like about Bleach. The power levels are awesome in Dragon Ball Z, you know, whatever, but. Bleach, like it makes the screen look kind of staticky, and it make and you can tell that they're feeling it. They're like, oh my god, this, like there was one scene with Captain Yamamoto when he r- originally put out his powers a little bit. Yeah, and there was a lieutenant there, and she's like, <sighs> like she dying breathe, because yeah. she could, just because of his power. That's crazy. She would have died if she would have stayed there because of his power pressure. Like, oh my, oh. amazing, interesting. So okay. let's see here. Logan injects him. Yeah, Logan injects him, and it seems to stop. So pretty much a brain disease infecting the most dangerous mind in the world. Perhaps the entire multiverse is not a good combo. No, and they, they they do try to say into, or no, they do they do say at one point that it is considered a ma- a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, they say his brain is classified as a weapon of mass destruction. Um, which I mean, why? Yeah, he can yeah, really. he can go anywhere and freeze time as he pleases. Like it. So they try to subdue him by keeping him some sort of uh, old water tower, maybe made of lead. Uh, yeah, they didn't never specify what it was made of. I can I can only guess. Right. I mean, I don't know if it'd be made of lead because water was in there, but maybe they didn't give a shit in Mexico. So Charles supposedly has been hearing from someone, um, New Mutants, or he likes to call them. He called them something. Something. I yeah, cannot remember, remember what it is, and I can't find it online anywhere. <sighs> it, it pisses me off that I can't remember, but. We'll find it. We'll find it. Um, the meds keep him stable so he doesn't seize and kill everyone in sight. It's almost like he's trying to stop time, like he so famously does, but it is not quite working, but instead harming everyone. Yeah, so I said the deed, it reminds me of that, because in a scene later, the same thing happens, and everybody's, like, stopped, but they can still kind of react and move just a little bit, but they're all hurting. Right. But everybody can't really move, so it's it's almost like he does that time stop thing, but it's 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 just not quite working right so it's just killing everybody and it, right. oh, it's so cool looking when it happens i oh, love it's nuts it. absolutely fucking nuts let's see so logan gets a call for a ride in his limo and he shows up to a motel to find that mexican woman from the funeral and a little girl which we recognize immediately because we see her in the trailer but right um she says that the guy logan spoke with or the guy that logan spoke with prior is after them and that they must go Get, they must get to North Dakota. He isn't for that until she offers him fifty grand, twenty now, and the other thirty when they arrive. He goes home planning to go. Yeah, he goes home planning to go in the morning when he gets a message saying, "Come, hurry." Uh, when he arrives, the woman is dead, and the girl is nowhere to be seen. That was like brutal looking, dude. Like, yeah, she in any like other X Men movie, she probably just would have been like dead. But this one, she looked like 
Like she had she been there like for dying. days. Yeah, like she yeah. wasn't. It was only one night, but she just it looked. It, it was only it a few hours. Very real. Yeah, it looked very very real. Yeah, it was crazy. Um. So he he goes back to his home. Yeah, he goes back to his home, and Caliban finds a backpack and a ball in the trunk of the limo. Which is the ball we saw her throwing, that little girl throwing against the wall. So immediately you're like, oh, yeah, she's there. Right, so right when that uh, robot hand having fuck shows up <laughs> and is asking about the girl, uh, right when shit is about to go down, Laura throws a pipe in the back of the, his head, knocking him out. Laura being X-23. Right. And outrolls Xavier. Uh, Caliban is given the task to dump the guy some off somewhere when they get there. Or yeah, when when they get there, uh, he wakes up and is quickly joined by Mexican police and his men. Yeah, like, like and like Xavier rolls out and he goes, "This is who I was talking to you about." Like, like he knew <laughs> this girl was going to be coming or something. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Because like, because like, he's like, "Oh, there's new mutants out there," and look, there hasn't been mutants for forty years or whatever. But yeah, not natural mutants. Uh so let's see. So they come back to Logan's abode. <laughs> nice word. Uh, and when we get to see some badass get shit off my from Laura, bitch. And when we that? say ba- no from Breaking Bad, they were in that they were in that RV. Him and uh, Walt. He yeah. goes, tell him that uh, this is your domicile or whatever, and then he cannot. He has no right to be here. This is technically your home. It has, you know, it's technically a house. It had door and four walls and living arrangements. Right. And uh, that's when he's like, so get off my domicile, bitch. <laughs> and that's when Walt called and said that uh, his girl Hank's girl uh, wife was in the hospital. Remember. Oh, okay. And that's why Hank went and punched uh, Jesse in the face later. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't remember sorry. that. Uh, so when we say we saw some badass shit from Laura, we mean fucking badass oh my God, shit. Like some of the best combatant skills I have seen. So it says here, what a fucking warrior she is. She dispatches um, of many men easily and continues for more. That's that's uh, who, how, that's when we... I don't even know. Yeah, when that's when we. we that's when we that's see when she has claws. Yeah, um, just like Wolverine, except just two in her hands, and um, but she has something Logan does not, and has a uh, claw in each of her feet, which Xavier later explains is due to the fact of her gender. He says, "You know, that's a gender thing, right?" And, and Logan's like, "Really? Enlighten me, or whatever." And he's like, "That's like a female lions thing. Like, right? They're the ones who really protect the pack. You know that." Like cats, you ever seen cats fight and they dig their back claws into the other cat? Yeah, I get they're holding and like that's pretty much what's pretty genius. Yeah, um, so she also has a healing factor, which is obviously this is all befuddling to Logan after, uh, yeah, like he's looking at her like, What the fuck? This bitch has claws too, and she can heal Jesus. Yeah, like Logan's mind is being blown after seeing this bitch fight. <laughs> so after fighting their way out in a crazy chase scene, they happen to get. Uh, a train between them. Yeah, so I mean, this is a pretty it was, cool scene. Yeah, it was just an inter- I mean, there's not much to say about the train, this the chasing, but it was just, it was a cool chasing. Yeah. Um, let's see, they drive into town and stop at a gas station where she is uh, riding a quarter ride horse thing. Um, and they find a video on Gabriella's phone explaining that there are a bunch of children born in a lab and turned into mutants and weapons, but they are hard to control. They have feelings and decide to dispose. So they decide. Oh, to yeah. So they decide to dispose of them. Um, some of the nurses help the kids escape, and they have an ultimate goal of Eden, a place in North Dakota apparently safe for mutants. Because in 2029, mutants as far, or yeah, mutants far are, few, far. are far and few between. Uh, Eliminated by the man who ironically creates these children mutants. <laughs> okay, all right. So since the enemy has uh, Caliban, which we didn't mention earlier, but he has an ability to sense mutants. Track he them. can track them, whatever. Yeah. 
Well, sensing him as... Mm-hmm. Let's see. So since they have Caliban, who apparently can track mutants, they are um, using him. But apparently he is giving uh, his friends a wide berth. A wide berth? Yeah, like they were like later he said is like oh so I see you've been delaying the time that you've been sensing them so they can have a chance to get away. A wide berth means like oh okay. You know, that he's he's only telling them where they're at when he knows they can get away. Right, right, right. He's the real MVP for sure. <laughs> so they finally end up in Oklahoma City at a casino where they can possibly blend in. They have to or they buy a new truck and some new clothes with that 20 G's that was just given to him by Gabriella. Uh, leaving Xavier and Laura behind in the hotel room, Logan uh, tells Laura to give him some medicine in one hour. Can you say supposed to? I want to start reading. Okay. So you've been going quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, so I lost my spot. Leaving Xavier and Laura behind. Yeah, leaving uh, Exoria. Or Exoria. Or Exoria. Xavier and Laura did a fusion dance, and they are Exoria. <laughs> so leaving Xavier and Laura behind in the room. He tells him to give him some medicine in one hour. He drives the limo to a junkyard and goes to buy a pickup truck. But he finds one of the pills in the seat of the limo before he leaving it there and realizes that Xavier hasn't been taking... I said Xavier. Xavier hasn't been taking them like he's supposed to. When he shows back up, he realizes that some of the men after them that are after them aren't there, and he tries to sneak past. When Xavier goes into a seizure, causing everyone to freeze or just be in pain, he struggles his way in, killing all of the frozen henchmen, and they escape. Like this is more just brutal awesomeness. Like it's that scene from the trailer we always saw. He sticks his claws up through the bald guy's head, and it comes out the top of his head from his oh, neck. Oh, such a crazy scene! You know, he fucking sticks this other guy in the back of the head, and the claws come out of his face. Oh, dude. oh my god, it was so awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so cool. No, and then, it was just insane. Um, they are only um, okay. Yeah, so, and they and they and they end up escaping. And it's like, like as soon as you know, he ends up he injects them, and then all of a sudden, the fucking all the guys just drop that he killed. That's this is why I believe it's actually freezing time because when Nick Logan was killing all these people, they were just standing there. Yeah, like yeah, they, they were didn't all anything. drop until the seizure thing stopped. Right. So. Uh, they escape because, like, everybody else is so, like, disoriented and fucked up. Like, they couldn't move. Like, the, that fucking robot arm guy got out. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, he couldn't barely walk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like, oh, look, it was like they were dizzy. Yeah. They're on the freeway and are almost run off the road by some by self-driven semis. They meet a family who they help to get their horses back that were also run off the road by the semis. And they take them to their farm and feed them and offer them a home for the night. Uh, Logan goes to help the man fix his water problem. Apparently some other company, the big company, the corn company that you see in a commercial in the background in the movie about the best tasting corn. And, but they're fucking with his water supply because they own the property and his water supply goes through there. So they keep fucking with it, which is douchey. Yeah. Um, so red, he goes in there and he deals with some redneck punks and Logan just pretty much punks him out. He's like, you know, you need to leave. And he like punches the guy and then breaks the gun in half or whatever. And they're like, oh, we get out of here. So uh, back of the house, it seems that Logan is back and Xavier is talking to him. Xavier was in bed. He's like, oh, I know. He's like, I remember the bad stuff that I did. Or, you know, he remembers this. And like, and, you know, and he was like crying. Yeah, he's and, like, uh, I haven't had a night. This night was absolutely perfect. But, it's, uh, but it is not Logan. But it is X-24. Another clone of Logan that actually fucking looks like him. A lot younger. He looks, a, to me, he looked a lot like Hugh Jackman mixed with the guy that played Sabretooth. I agree with Not that. Not the original Sabretooth. 
like in X Men One, that the actual he actually looked like Sabretooth from the comics, actually. Yeah. But the other Sabretooth that they brought in when it was in in Origins. In Origins. Yeah, I agree with that. They looked a lot similar. <clears throat> um. X twenty four clone of Logan with only we, now that they described it as that. That's why the kids didn't work because they were still children. He goes, "This is this guy. He has only rage, no soul." So he kills the family and takes Laura, but not before impaling Xavier with his claws. He, like, stuck his hand to his chest and just, like, let his claws out and just right through his chest. Logan, from outside, hears the gunshot and goes inside to investigate. He sees the fake him carrying Laura outside, but he is too concerned with Xavier at the moment, so he runs up to find him nearly dying. He carries him down to the truck, and while X-24 is returning to the armored vehicle where Dr. Rice, the leader of that fucking company, uh... And that fucking robot arm guy is also with Caliban's in there. Right. Um, and the, those same redneck punks show up to, like, seek revenge, I guess. Like, they were pissed, so they brought more fucking redneck punks. And uh, they show up only to be obliterated by X-24 because they mistook him for Wolverine. They would have been just as obliterated if it was Wolverine, but whatever. Right. Then Logan steps in, and they proceed to have a badass fight. Slash for slash, blow for blow. Laura is cuffed up and she's fucking screaming, man. Like, it was a good fight, man. Like, they're just yeah, slashing, man. Crazy. Like, straight up, just fight. You could just see it. Oh, it was so cool. Two Wolverines fighting each other. You can't get much better than that. Hell no. It was dope. Um, back in the armored truck. Uh, yeah, back in the armored truck. Wait, no. As he's fighting Logan, Logan seems to be kind of, you know, Logan's getting older. His healing isn't quite up to par. This new, this new him, it, all that stuff is fresh. Right. So, you know, Logan seems to be losing. All of a sudden, this fucking pickup truck comes out of nowhere and slams him into the fence, and he gets impaled by a metal rod, and the dad gets out. We thought he died, but he apparently had enough adrenaline left for killing his family, and he shoots the fucker in the fucking face. He shoots him, and, you know, shoots him over and over and over until he's out, and he turns around to shoot at Logan, and he fires. Nothing happens, and then he falls over dead. And Logan has to feel horrible, man, because if they weren't there, that wouldn't have happened to them. Right. That would not have happened. Um, back in the armored truck, they are watching... This happened. Caliban, seeing a couple, like a belt of grenades, reaches out and grabs him. And Kamikaze the shit out of those motherfuckers. First damn shit. You know, Dr. Rice was standing outside that uh, the claw guy happened to jump out of the fucking thing right away. Not the claw, the arm guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He jumped out of the claw, out of the explosion just in time. But Caliban is toast. Whoever else was left in there was toast. He says something. I don't remember what he said, but he like took the fucking things off. It was a dope ass. Dude, it was a dope way to go out. Huge explosion. Uh, Logan drives off with Xavier and Laura, where we next see them having a funeral for Charles. This is the first tear that appeared across my face. I was so fucking sad, man. Like, oh my god, to see Charles, like, you know what I mean? Oh, so sad, man. Because Logan, like, he's crying. Like, you know, he doesn't cry, but he he's so choked up he can't even speak. To watch somebody like that cry, man, it's hard. Yeah. Uh, Back of the truck. Logan finds it to be broken down and and goes on a fucking rampage. Like, <laughs> man, he I pro I probably would have done exactly the same thing. Yeah, he was pissed. He was as hitting fuck, fuck, dude. fuck. He says fuck more than Deadpool. I gotta know for sure because I think he says fuck more than Deadpool does in the Deadpool movie. He says fuck a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so he sure many does, fucks, dude. So um, um, pa- and he passes down the road, and after getting pissed as fuck, well, he wakes up in a doctor's office all of a sudden. And he's being told that he must be checked into a hospital and that he is indeed dying. He goes, we got to know what's happening to you. And he said, and then, uh, you know, Logan's like, I know what's happening to me. I don't need, you know, nothing you're going to do is going to matter. Like, almost like Logan kind of wants to die. Right. 
You know what I mean? He's been alive since fucking before the Civil War. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, he's been alive since like eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Um, in a Bronco that Laura seemingly had stolen, she finally reveals that she can speak. She says "de nada." That's the first word she says in the entire movie. He goes, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know how you got me here, but thanks. And she goes, de nada. And he goes, you can talk. <laughs> and he goes, what the fuck? She's like, for two thousand fucking miles. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> and then she starts going, dude. She's like. Rapid Spanish dude Like And then he's like Shut up Like Shut the fuck up Like <laughs> For somebody that hasn't Talked all movie She talked so much In a matter of 10 seconds That he's had enough already Oh he went to Instant dad Yeah Shut up <laughs> Um, She convinces him To continue on their trip To eating Even after Logan Explains to her That it's fake We see this earlier In the movie That he is looking At a comic book that matches the coordinates on the envelope with the money in it. Yeah, so the same it, coordinates in the comic book. In this, in this, you, we see, which we see in the trailer, the, in this world, in this universe timeline, X Men comics exist. Yeah, and they fucking hate them. Yeah, he's like twenty five, twenty percent of this might have happened, but not like this. Like, he's like in real life, people fucking die. Like, yeah, you know, which that, is that's crazy just that's Logan's about. life though. He lives so much that he, you know, he has to. That's what that's like the hardest part about being immortal. It's very typical. You have to watch your loved ones die over and over, et cetera. Yeah. That's why, like, in, they, it's the same thing in Twilight. That's why they don't ever love with humans, because that does happen. Yeah. But, you know, Bella became a vampire anyway, but... <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> Spoilers for Twilight. So, um, Logan is just constantly passing out while he's driving. He's just so injured that he just can't stay awake. Laura finally, like, pulls the wheel over and says, just take a nap. And then as soon as he falls asleep, she starts driving. He wakes up to find himself in a community of children. You know, and he gets hoisted up on this thing, and he like wakes up like on this gurney thing, and he looks down. He's like, oh, he like holds on tight. Like it, it was so funny to me. <laughs> oh yeah, they're hoisting him up. Yeah. And so then they take care of him. They, you know, he's he's in. There's a couple. You know, you see, like DJ pointed out, he le- wakes up a lot. Like you see a lot of scenes of him waking up. Like, oh yeah, easily at least, at least twelve times, twelve yeah. sequences in which Logan is waking up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then he like, which I understand is purposeful. Yeah. Um, a couple of days later, you know, he learns a little bit about the bullet kids and, you know, they, they find it, he recognizes the green healing potion stuff that uh, they were giving him. And they're like, what's it? He's like, he's like, this stuff makes you crazy. And he goes, not if you do it in small doses. Richter was saying that. Don't, let's not forget that they shaved his face. Yeah. Didn't write that oh my here. God. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> he was like sleeping and they were like trimming his face with scissors. Yeah. And he looked just like. Old man Logan. After that, like they did that on purpose. Obviously, yeah, it was perfect. Oh, it was awesome. It was a cool way. He's like, he's like, God. He's like, damn it. Like kids. <laughs> he's like, that is not funny. <laughs> they, they, they thought so. They were. Funny. It was great. Like, it's it's weird because he wakes uh, from his perspective. He wakes up to uh, like forty kids, not forty, like fourteen kids, laughing at him, looking at him, laughing while he's sleeping <laughs> with scissors in their hands. <laughs> so he goes and looks in the mirror. He's like, motherfuck. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I I can't blame him. I'm pissed too. Um, now, well, who worked forever on that beard? A couple of days later, after they rendezvous point and the, and the, t- the, t- the set time has been met, because they were saying they were supposed to get here by a certain day, and the next day they're leaving to find this Eden. Um, so Logan wakes up and sees it just barren. All the kids are gone. He knew the direction they were heading. I think. But he sees, like, there's, like, nine drones. I don't remember, five drones? Uh, some, uh, something, yeah. Something certain like amount that. of drones flying towards that direction. He's like, fuck. He goes, okay. Uh, you know, he notices that shit's going down. And then he decides to chase after them. S- quickly realizing that he cannot keep up, you know, because he's getting old and he is hurt. You know, he, he he's, like, running out of breath, falling down. Not a very typical Logan thing. It's very weird. So he injects himself with that entire vial of that fucking shit, dude. And this was one of the funniest goddamn things that I've ever seen. Because, like... <laughs> 
you see him do it, and then it goes to the scenes of the kids getting chased by these people, by the that that company. And then all of a sudden you hear this, and then like he's just like doo, 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 fucking booking it through this forest, dude. It was fucking funny, dude. I loved it. Yeah, it was great though. I, and thought, I said it here. He's like he in- he injected himself with the entire bottle, and beast mode has been turned on. Sprinting through the woods, straight fucking annihilating anyone in his path. That is not an understatement. Straight fucking annihilating anyone in his path. I'll <laughs> say it again. Straight fucking annihilating anyone in his path. We get to see some action from the new mutants too. There's a little girl with freeze breath. That, that, that guy, dude, that scene was crazy. When she froze that earlier, dude, she froze the rag earlier in the movie. But yeah. um, when she fucking freezes that dude's arm and then just it just shatters, dude, blood goes everywhere. I was like, holy what? shit! <laughs> it was dope. That that is nothing compared to this bitch. There's this one girl who can control nature. She got like forced to the ground somehow, and she like turned around. And she like goes crazy, and like you see like the the pine needles, needles, the pine needles, all the fucking dirt's flying around, and it's flying around this guy, and the guy just fucking explodes. <laughs> Fucking explodes! I'll Just say it again. Boom! <laughs> oh my god, it was so cool, man! Like, oh my god, it was brutal as fuck. We get to see some action. Oh yeah, wait, wait. and of course Laura kicking ass once again. Just, dude, like she fights like Black Widow. She does a lot. She fights a lot like Black Widow. Just imagine Black Widow fighting with Wolverine claws and healing factor. Pretty much unfucking stoppable. Yeah, no, yeah, you ain't stopping that no. shit at all. She is also straight fucking annihilating. Oh, everybody, anyone in her path, like. And all of the kids are captured uh, except Laura and Logan, and Logan's serum is wearing off, and you know, so they must do something. Uh, Logan confronts everyone, and he ends up shooting Doctor Rice, and uh, shoots the hand of that guy, that fucking glasses wearing fucking guy. <laughs> where we see another little mutant's powers, a little black boy with electricity. When they're not looking, he puts his hand on the jeep thing or whatever, and the fucking yeah, and that guy fucking fries. Can we say static shock? <laughs> yeah, really. Black Boy is that a Shock Marvel or DC? DC, DC. Oh well, fuck. Crossover, whatever. <laughs> um, this little boy actually has a Wolverine action figure. I, I said it to DJ. I'm like, hey, we finally got to see Wolverine on screen in his, in his yellow costume. Yeah, but and it, in the comic books <laughs> yeah, too that yeah. they have on the thing. But yeah, but crazy. Um, and uh, at the worst possible time, X24 is released upon them. So like right you know like right when they think shit's going good that robot armed guy, I mean a lot of guys in this movie had robot arms but the main guy fucking his name escapes me, but he's like go get him and then he comes out and he proceeds to beat the fuck out of Logan, and and it, we should mention that it, it was said by Doctor Rice before he was killed that uh, after the serum wore off he goes you're not going to be able to take normal wounds like. It's going to kill you. Yeah, no, he said to him, he goes, and one more wound and you're going to die. Yeah, like it's not going to, he's not going to be able to survive mm-hmm. much longer. Yep. And then X-24 comes out. And you're yeah, like, and then Fuck. you're like, well, he's <laughs> getting wounded now. <laughs> so he beats the shit out of Logan and then we get the, the final mutant powers we get to see is that of Richter, uh, who can control Earth. Like, I think he's the one we saw in the cell earlier in the movie where he had a ball bouncing and he was pulling the stone out just as the ball was going down and he was making it like stairs. You remember that scene? No, it was, it was in that been... video. It was in the video that she he they were watching on the phone. Yeah, and it was showing the kids. You know, he, he, that kid had a telekinesis, and he hit a guard, and then uh, the guards tackled him down, and then it showed Richter in his cell playing with the ball, and the ball was bouncing down the stones in the cell as he was pulling him out with his powers. Huh. I don't remember that specifically. Um, and he began he tra- and he like it was genius. This is a genius use of your powers. Like to be able to control the Earth is great, but the way he set put the Earth up to flip that truck over onto him. Yeah. 
it was like that was that is control, man. Absolutely. You know, and Richter is actually a very well known character in the New Mutants. Really? You know, he's yeah, he's part of the New Mutant storyline. What's his uh name? Richter. Just Richter? Yeah, Rick like the Richter scale. He controls Oh, Earth. oh okay. That is genius. That's yeah. a pun, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I never even pay I never even thought about that. Yep. While the other new mutants band all their power together at once, and they kill that glasses-wearing motherfucker for the last time, you know, like, they're all doing everything at once, so he's getting electrocuted, he's getting just, like, suffocated by grass, she's yeah. freezing him with his breath, and he just fucking dies, like, he, he dies a horrible death. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the armored vehicle only stalls X-24 for a short time, and he, he gets out of it, and he goes right back at it. He fucking dude. The way he impales Logan and like picks him up and throws him into this fucking stump, and this big piece of wood just comes out of his body, and you're just like, oh no. I know. You know, he said one more wound, and that is way beyond any wound. Yeah. And uh, a piece of wood on a log, having now. There, Logan had an adamantium bullet, which we've seen earlier in the movie, and. You know, we know. You know, we we were. You know, you're given the impression that he's using it to kill himself. Right, like, and that it, that I'm pretty sure is not necessarily an Easter egg, I guess, but he's had that since Origins. Yeah, is that the one they pulled out of his head. I don't know if it's the one they pulled out of his head, but they had more than one during that movie. Yeah. So, I think he acquired one. Right. That, he said he's had it for a long time. He said he said it reminds him of this and that of and, who he is. Yeah. Um. So uh, Laura, has Laura has it. Yeah. And she finds a revolver. She picks it up. She loads it. And she, you know, right when the X-24 is about to give that final blow, she fucking blows his fucking brains out, dude, with this thing. So uh, it was crazy. Yeah. Fucking big old chunk of his head. You know, she, you know, she's crying. She's chopping Logan out of this log, dude. And, you know, he's laying there crying. And he's like, with his final words, he says there, he goes, don't be what they made you to be. You can be better. You know, and Logan, and Logan is no more. Oh, in a sad ending scene, they are at they are at his burial with some beautiful words from Laura and the amazing gesture of putting the cross over his grave as an X representing X men. Right. Her and the children go on their way, ending in the 19 glorious years that Hugh Jackman has portrayed Logan in film for for us on the big screen. Rest in peace, Wolverine. That was tough, man. Powerful ending. No, it was horrible. It was good, but it was so sad. Oh, I agree. It was very. It was so sad just seeing like. I know the thing that got me, dude, that finally made me choke was when he's like, "Oh, so this is what it feels like," and I'm like, "No, he's dying." Yeah. Yeah, it's just not and like I'm tearing up right now a little bit. I can't <laughs> fucking handle it. <laughs> like, dude, like Laura knew her. You know, they said that she called him dad too. She yeah, was daddy or whatever. Oh, so God, dude, that broke my heart. Yeah. <sighs> and like Laura only knew her. You know, they only knew him for a week, and like, I, it's pretty weird. I mean, I know that she's his clone, but like. They also they kept calling her his daughter, right? So it was just his genetic genetic code into a person. I mean, but like, what else is? I mean, what's the difference between like his genes, you know, doing something to this other cell, causing her to become a, a child? How's that any different than me, my sperm going into an egg and fertilizing and becoming a child? Like, yeah, it's not. Much you know different, what I mean? It's yeah. not much different. You know what I mean? There's not much. For a man to become a father, it's not its not like a woman that how he carries the child and yeah. you, know, you nourish that child. But a man, there's not much difference of doing it in a beaker or, or from your dick. Like, it, there is, obviously, but you know what I mean? It's still, what what is the difference? Yeah. Oh, on a whole, on another scale. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know, man. Great way to start off the year for superhero movies, man. Ugh. Yeah, for sure. I, it was so good. Go see it now. Oh, yeah. 
drop what you're doing and go watch it. You want to laugh, cry, say, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a perfect movie. But that takes us into... I give this movie a 10 out of 10. Oh, absolutely. I have not given that to anything. No, not yet. I have to say this movie was perfect, man. Yeah, it now, was good. that's not to say that the continuity is correct, because I don't know much about Old Man Logan. Yes. So disregarding continuity, 10 out of 10. Now, li- listeners who are current, obviously, who are currently listening, before this review on the actual audio feed, but like and in, in, in post, I'm going to do this. Um, there is a uh, four-minute video explaining Wolverine's timeline. I've got the audio yeah, for Yeah, I it. watched that. It's a good video. It, yeah. it, it helps. Some guy just puts in perspective when everything takes place, and it's it's cool. It's cool. Yeah, so you guys will hear that. I think it's the same guy who did the uh, Infinity Stones. Yeah, he knows um, his shit, man. Yeah, so we're going to put that in there, and that way everybody's up to speed before going into this review. So that'll be that. But let's see here. Let me look at this calendar real quick. Next Monday, Ooh, the next movie we have, man. I know. Like I said, yeah, next Monday is gonna be. We're gonna have to double seat w double Arrowverse and Walking Dead. Yes, that's not double ca- Walking Dead, but double Arrowverse and one episode of Walking Dead. Yes, and that should catch us up. Mm-hmm. Now the following Monday, the twenty seventh, that'll be our uh, the next episode after after next week. That is going to be a Power Rangers special. Oh my! Fuck, I cannot wait to watch this movie. IMAX 3D is happening. Yes, and we are having a special guest on the show, Theodore Whipple. Yes, he will be coming back, and he was on our Fantastic Beasts podcast. You might recognize this man from Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Yes, and the uh, Super Fights. He was the he was doing announcing and and stuff on the Super mm-hmm, Fights show. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is just as stoked for this movie as we are. He goes, I remember because I played D and D with him, and he looks at me. He goes, Dude, Power Rangers. <laughs> I'm going with you to see that. I was like, fine. Hell yeah. yeah. I have no problems the, with that. He's going to be on the show and everything. Yep. So be perfect. Um, that's that's what's going on. March 27th, mark your calendars. Power Rangers, the movie, talk. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be it'll be a good time. I'm so fucking stoked to see that oh movie. My God, I can't, I can't fucking wait. wait. Now, there, there's all this, you know, like people are like, I was talking to Crystal. She works at GameStop. She goes, I don't know if I like Rita's new look. And I'm like, you just got to take it for what it is. They're changing things so much and rehashing and, you know, adding their own taste and like Kevin Smith, I heard him say something that was ex- on the comic book man that exactly perfect. He goes, if there was the only way they would ever do a new Popeye thing, it would have to be a dark type of movie because that's yeah. what they're they're turning everything kind of darkish now, which is fine with me. You know, I like that. I don't give a shit. I am fine with the way Rita Repulsa looks. Yeah, I mean, you can't <laughs> do... smash that pussy for sure. But <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> you can't do the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The way that it used to look on television. It would just be the same thing, but a movie. Like, Yeah, you can't do that. Like, Even the movie that came out with Ivan Ooze is still cheesy. Oh, you know the action in this is going to far exceed anything we've seen in Power Rangers. Oh, it's going to be I'm crazy. Pre- I've watched Power Rangers episodes where they punch the putty with their right hand, but that fucker flies the other way. Like, Yeah. You know, I've seen it happen. And when they punch something, it, sparks come out of their hand. Like, yeah, right. You know what I mean? It, and they have cloth fucking clothes. Oh, I like, can't wait to see it, man. It's... Uh, so, like, for any of those, you know what I mean? That might happen. I hope I'm right about Goldar, that he looks regular. He doesn't look quite like that regular size only because he's huge. Yeah. I, I, I hope so because I he, don't know if I like that. If he looks like that all the time, it's cool. It's cool looking. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's definitely But Goldar had a mouth and a face. This yeah. This guy doesn't. like. I, I fully expect, because they're doing more than one of these movies. Yeah. I fully expect a Lord Zed after credit scene or... And or a Green Ranger after credit scene. Something. I, I think they're going to go with that. I think it's going to be the Power Rangers are going to fight. And at the very end, we're going to hear this. That fucking that would be crazy. Oh, that dagger. And then, oh, that fucking Zord. I can't wait. So I, as I, far as we know, not to be too spoilery, but as far as we know, going into this movie, 
We know that Brian Cranston playing Zordon. Oh yeah. Um, and Rita Repulsa, and the way the reason and she Alpha looks is fucking uh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. <laughs> the reason so that weird, Rita but... looks that way. Okay, here's what we're told. Is that I believe we've said this in an episode, but we'll say it again. Yeah, we'll, we'll say it again. Now, the Power Rangers have been, they always been do Ever since Mighty Morphin came out in the beginning, after Mighty Morphin, it went on to do something else, and then something like Dino Force. Yeah, so other Power Rangers, they you know, they find new Rangers. Yeah, and there's always something different about those do Rangers. Do we know the names of these? Is it is it Tommy? Is it Kimberly? Are these yes. actual? So this is still the same names. It is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay. Like, I wasn't sure if they were just doing a completely different No, yeah, it everything. is just Saban's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Okay. But anyway... Um, now, before the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, there were Power Rangers before them. Yeah, so, they can't be the first Power Rangers. Right. So that is where Zordon... Zordon was the Red Ranger, as far as we know. Uh, and Rita was supposedly the Green Ranger. Yes. Zordon yeah. was placed, cursed into his... The stasis or whatever Yeah, the fuck whatever is it is that he's doing. If he leaves, he will die. Like, yes. That is why he is there. Now they so the Green Ranger and the Red Ranger had some sort of falling out. That is why they are enemies. That is why Rita is trying to fucking take down Zordon and his Power Rangers now. Yeah, and that explains why in the original Power Rangers she is able to create a Green Ranger right. and a Zord or whatever. However, right, that because happens. her her I don't, know how, I don't know if there's like a mechanic just creating a Zord. I don't know how. I don't really know the backstory of right. Zords. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. But we need to look at that. They uh, that is that explains a lot. It explains why her suit is green and shimmery and, and she crazy. does fight you know she's kind of badass yeah like. exactly and she yeah so and uh, she comes to earth in this one for sure like she's the villain of this movie and all that stuff so uh, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. and I, i'm pretty sure the big fight at the end is against goldar yeah goldar versus the megazord megazord which hell yeah i'm down with that so we'll find out real soon that shit's mm-hmm. coming up fucking quick next week i'm getting cold yeah, me too. But All right, we're going to end is, that up. This yep. was a good... Uh, thank you guys for listening, man. Like Again, see that movie. Logan was fucking f- beautiful. Yeah, give Logan if, all your money. If that is any idea of how this year is going to be in superhero movies... Oh, hell I yeah. I can't wait, man. 2017 is where it's at. Yeah. We thought 2016 was good for superhero movies, man. If this is any sign, we're in for it, man. In yeah, for it. I agree. All right, we're out. We'll, ha- we'll see you guys next I week for uh, catch-up, show catch-up.